Yo, what up? We are ducking things that are being projected at us. <laughs> yes, as I spoke, somebody threw something at my head. But you know what? I don't get phased <laughs> by that. that I'm a knows. preacher. I have literally had somebody flick me off in the middle of preaching. Oh, so come on. what just happened is not going to phase me. All right. Hello, somebody. All right. So listen, 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 listen. This is Gospel on Tap. E. Christ y Cultura. For Christ y Cultura, what's good, what's good? Yeah, yeah. And we're doing a joint episode together and... Crossover, baby. If you want to understand what is going on here in this episode, listen to the previous about who is here and why we are in Birmingham, Alabama, because Alabama. we're just we're just not going to do that again. Okay? We're, we're in just Birmingham, Alabama. Yes. Barbecue. We well, are we, we in the land. White sauce. Shout out to Dreamland Barbecue. No, wait, 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 wait. But I wanna say, I wanna say something. Because I heard, I don't know personally, but I heard there's a lot of Mexicans here, bro. That's what I heard from a Mexican lady that, that do was they have tacos? only Mexican lady. I've he talked to one person in one place to, and she said one word. I and, said, I said this. I was like, is there any raza here? And she's like, yeah, there is. There's a lot. There's, yeah, there's like a thousand. Yeah, so we everywhere, the corner over there, Bro, we everywhere. We taking over. What's up? Mexican power. <laughs> power. Nacho Libre. Mexican That's power. the real reason we're here. Uh, That's the real reason we're here to uplift Mexicans everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll probably edit that. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, what, what were we talking about, bro? What's yeah, this? yeah. So, so here's what we want to do today. We, we, okay, so those of you who listen to our podcast, we are people who believe in Reformed theology. What is Reformed theology? Here's what Reformed Theology is. We relate to God entirely because he is a gracious God who has entered into history and redeemed us by this grand, gracious in his son narrative that he works out in his spirit and that orients, that drives Christianity to its utter detail. So we are Reformed and we want to talk about how Reformed people who are similar to us ethnically and situationally, how we engage, interact with the Reformed community because the Reformed community um, is primarily ethnically different than us, okay, in the present in America. So how do we, as people who are ethnically different, how do we enter into the space of this world of Reformed, big God, theological, Christ-centered, you know, all that stuff. How do we enter into that in a way that is wise? Like, what does it mean to be reformed and be, you know, want someone who has tortillas y croquetas and all that stuff? So we're going we're gonna to talk about that because I, I think if, if there's one thing that I've noticed that's going on right now, I don't think that minorities are understanding in a wise way what it means to interact and intersect with people that are different than them in the theological conversation. So with this whole thing going on, like the current state of the political, cultural... And by, but real quick, we're rooting for you, Yanni. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shout out. Shout yeah, out you know what you're doing right now at the second. We're rooting for you. All right. And, and, yeah. Okay, you all. can do it, bro. He is ruling the kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> the 
sitting on the throne, <laughs> sitting on the throne, bro. So we, anyways, anyways, okay. So with everything currently going on in the culture, politically, this whole division, this this thing that's happening in the world, like why the heck would Latinos from Miami? From Reno, Nevada. Like, why do we go to a conference where we were the only people there that looked anything and were anything like ourselves? Like, yeah. what were we doing there? We stuck out like sore thumbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, but I don't know about you, but when we walked in that in that huge sanctuary. It was like, like I just felt like everything goes slow motion. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 <laughs> I told you guys when I when oh, I walked in, bro. I was like, I feel like freaking Easy E meeting the president. <laughs> I felt like Easy E meeting the president. Bro. Oh snap! You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So okay. So Easy. Easy, bro. R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> so so so, what are some things that we think we need to bring into this conversation? Here's one. I am not. We are not in a theological church circle because we're meeting ethical quotas. I'm not there looking in the room and I'm wondering how many people are in this room who look like me, talk like me, think like me in a humanistic sense. That's not why we're doing church. That's not why we're doing theology. We're not doing theology for those reasons. What I want to know is in this room, what do they particularly believe about what is particular to Jesus Christ, his be- the beloved son of the father, and how do they react and represent and interact with him? That's that, that I mean, so think about it. when you go into spaces, you're not doing ethical quotas um, and whatnot. You're thinking like, what are you confessing? Okay, so if I go into a room and everybody looks like me and everybody kind of like just kind of like vibes with me, but we are confessing something that is not particular to what is unique about Jesus. We ain't hanging out, bro. Yeah, just straight up. Mm-hmm. Is that a good place to start? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I would say that, you know, we're here. We're here to worship God, right? Not to worship our ethnic identity. Okay, Woo! well, that's very important to me. That That's not uh, the chief end of my life, right? And uh, just a little bit about myself, bro. Like, I was in an all-Hispanic Pentecostal church, and when I came out of that church into, you know, the Calvinistic world, I joined Glendale Baptist Church in Miami, yeah. and that is a predominantly African-American church, and I stuck out like, where's Waldo, bro? Okay. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I, didn't, I didn't know that, bro. Wow. Yeah, yeah and I didn't care, bro. I was there, I was like one of four white people. I was the only Hispanic person, me and my wife, and, and I did not care. Why, I was bro? there because I wanted the gospel. I was there because I wanted mm. God. I wanted to grow, bro. And, you know, fast forward, you know, like 14, 15 years later, I'm in Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> I'm in a room full of white Presbyterian men listening to a 73-year-old white Presbyterian pastor preach. Yeah. And Ooh. I'm there because... He's preaching to us, you know, the message of the church, which is the gospel and yes. the mission of the church, bro, bro. which is going to make Ooh. disciples. That's why Ooh. I'm there. Bro, yeah. what did you say, Chris? Uh, what, what did you like about hearing him? 
about a Harry Reader? Harry Reader. Harry Reader is the whitest dude you will ever meet. <laughs> he has like this like Southern accent. And he said, what, yeah. what'd you enjoy about Harry I, Reader? I enjoyed that he, I mean, he was telling us what our message was, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ and what we were to do as yes. a church, the, what our mission was, go and make disciples, baptizing yes. them. Yes, yes, yes. And teaching them. Yeah, man. So we all, and, we, we were like so loud, okay? Bro, I, that, that was like the loudest moment we, we were like, had. We, we were, Aldo, bro, Aldo was over here. Clapping, like. I, Aldo was like freaking hitting the pew in front of us, bro. <laughs> He's like, yes! <laughs> yes, yes, we were loud because, not because, this white guy this white man. is validating white. me as a second generation Cuban, not, you know, carb eating Latino. <laughs> no, this man is bringing me to encounter the uniqueness of my triune God. And Man. so that's why we were there, bro. Man. That's right. And that's why we wanted to be there. Amen. And that's how we think about interacting with these spaces that can be very different than us. Yep. That example about the church situation was great, by the way. Yeah. yeah. That, that's all of our stories in, in some way, some shape or form. And, and maybe not, I don't know, because you guys, you came to something that was, God was already doing in, in Miami that kind of included all that. But I, I think you experienced that when you guys joined Pinelands, right? There's, there's visible distinction, but you guys knew that internally, like you guys believe the gospel, so you guys are on the same mission. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, and so, 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 I mean, that, that that's been my experience too. You know, I, when when I, when I left my church, when I left where I was attending, everybody looked like me, bro. I mean, that church, that church was multi ethnic. Yeah. In like, there was white people there, black people, Indians, Samoan, everybody, bro. Everybody was there, yeah. but the majority were Mexican. And I went to a place where. There was nothing. I was the only brown skinned man mm. <laughs> in that church. Yeah. But like you said, mm -hmm. I wasn't looking for people that look like me, bro. Yeah. yeah. I was looking somewhere that preached the word of God. Hallelujah. Yeah. And, and I was oh, unfiltered, uncensored. And that's what drew me to it, bro. Amen. And, and, and even though it was a culture shock in the beginning, because instead of having like, like a, like a worship team, bro, it was, it was hymnals and there was only a piano yeah, player yeah, yeah. and the yeah. pastor yeah, yeah. was was over here leading the worship like yeah. when they were singing hymns what what caught me like, kind of broke me down going, bro i see what kind of broke me down bro wasn't the piano playing that was moving my soul it wasn't that it wasn't that it, was, it, wasn't, congas, it, wasn't, congas. it wasn't that fool's voice that yeah. was so profound that was like yeah. God, no, bro. <laughs> it was what we were reading. Yeah. The hymn, yes, the actual content yeah, yeah, yeah. of whatever hymn, song, or whatever yeah, we were singing yeah, yeah, at that time, bro. Yeah. Yeah. It was like so Christ-centered, right. so explicitly yes. gospel, Amen. explicitly worshiping the Lord that those songs that moved my inner Latino-ness that would make me want to like dance. Wasn't because of the wasn't because of the words, bro. It was because of the rhythm. Right. But this was flip flop. It was. It made me want to fall to my knees to worship yeah. because yeah. of what we were saying, yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah. So I looked past the color. I looked past of like the worship style. Yeah. I looked at the truth that they were saying, bro. 
And yeah. that's what, and, and that's why I was there. And yeah. I was like, look, yeah. this is where I need to be. Yeah. Without even talking, like yeah, yeah, this yeah. was in between the service. I hadn't even talked to nobody yet. But then when I talked to somebody, then I felt welcome. Yeah, yeah. One of the, you know, one of the misconceptions that people, I mean, I know there's churches like that because I've visited churches. So I'm not, I'm not saying there's no churches like that, but my church, bro, was so welcoming from the very beginning. Everybody went up to me and embraced me just like, just like today, yeah. just like yeah, yesterday, bro. bro. Yeah. Everybody was so friendly, wanted to know who I was. And treated me like a human being, bro. Right. They didn't treat me yeah. like a like 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 lower than, lesser than, like who is this freaking Mexican walking through the door, bro? <laughs> yeah. They they treated me like a like a real person and loved, showed me the love of Christ. Yeah. yeah. First day, bro. Yeah, yeah. First day. So so we're we're like Chris Chris said this, you know, we're not in the reform community because we're looking for people to make much of our Latino-ness, bro. Right. We are there because we're looking and we're craving and we're wanting someone to make more of the supremacy of God than any single particular thing about anyone, bro. That's why we're there. That's what we want. And that's Christianity, bro. So, which is very different because in the woke church movement, they're telling you to... Only do church where people obsess and exalt and make emphatically defining and <laughs> solar system revolving what is particular to you. That's not Christianity, bro. Mm. That's not Christianity. Why? That bro? is Judaism. That is heresy. You see, Ooh. in the New Testament, there was these people that were embracing Christ and they were saying, listen, you can't embrace Christ and not exalt and elevate what is particular to us as Jews ethnically. And let me tell you something. When Paul encountered this ethnic centrality that was seeking to make Christianity definitive, he spoke very emphatically. So we're not, we're not going to these places because they make it much of us. Yep. I sang songs this week that were utterly boring to me culturally. Yeah. Bro, they sounded horrible. There was this organ <laughs> that I heard organ, that bro. I, th I mean, if, I mean, I, I was, I was, I was looking to someone next to me. I was like, yo, I feel like Dracula's going to come down <laughs> out of the roof with some wings, man. But, <laughs> but, but. Yeah, they bro. were, as Jonathan was saying, they were speaking, they were telling yeah. something about the supremacy of Christ, yes. and it yeah. was not culturally radiating with me, but what mattered to us most is that these dudes are confessing the supremacy of God, not the supremacy of, there was, listen, <laughs> they weren't celebrating whiteness. Yeah, they weren't, bro. No. no they weren't. They were not celebrating whiteness. They were white. But they were not celebrating whiteness. Yeah. Yeah. There was no, you know, celebrating America in any of our conversations. No. And you know what? I felt more. Listen, man. I've, I don't know about you. I'm getting all, 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 all jabbery and personal. <laughs> I've been in Axway 9. I've been in the SBC. I've been in all these places where there's been tons of minorities. And bro. Them old white dudes that I talked to this week showed me more love and respect and camaraderie than all y'all who look like me. Why? Why? Because we're, we're, we're talking about, you know, 
partiality. We we're talking about like this color, that color being better. No, because true camaraderie, you know, is gospel centric. Yep. And you, you know, real recognize real, man. Yep, and when real up, recognize real up. in Christ, bro, yep. you just click. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You just click. And all it's, yep. It's something outside of you, bro. Yeah. And, and that's the beauty, the beauty, bro, of the gospel, racial reconciliation, like that, that word that everybody's fighting, putting on a pedal school and it's like, how we do this, bro. The gospel does that. The yeah, gospel man. does that yeah. in a real way. And that's the, like the message of the gospel is simple. Jesus, this Jewish guy that died on the cross, he was, he was God reconciles people to himself from all nations, all tongues. That, that, that was the message that the Harry was talking about. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what unites us. People look at us and say like, how the heck are you guys running towards this, right? Yeah. Because I told you guys this old pastor, I was like, bro, we're we're like picking this up and running towards. Running yeah. towards. I'm like, we're running towards these denominations, these spaces, bro. And we're not running from. Yeah. Because he, the, the first thing he said is like, are you scared to join the PCA now? Like, are you scared? Of, I think that's what he said. And I'm like, no, nah, bro. I'm more encouraged, bro. Like, I'm more encouraged that people are standing for truth and, yeah. and, 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 and they're not avoiding the issue. They're not saying, no, let's not. That's so controversial, brother. Yeah. This dude was, this, this white man was standing right there, bro. And saying, that's what brings you. What we're saying right now. Yeah. The gospel brings black, brown, white, Asian, lo que sea. Yeah. Lo yeah. que sea yeah. to Christ. To bow the knees, not to, not to ethnicity, not to power structures, not to whatever you want to say, not to blackness, not to whiteness. We're bowing the knee to Christ. Right. You know? Right. What, bro, when I first walked into that conference, I walked in with somebody I knew there and, uh, I guess they were concerned when I walked in because of the sight of all the people. And they were like, dude, you're going to see a lot of old, crusty white people here. And I was like, well, I don't care. It's fine. <laughs> like, it's fine. But can you imagine in the first century, you're preaching to, to Greeks, you're preaching to Romans, you're preaching yeah. to all kinds of people, barbarians, barbarians about a Jewish Messiah. Yeah. Uh, you know, preached in the scriptures that belong to the Jewish to the people. Jews. And they're turning the world upside down. Yeah. They're turning all kinds yeah. of people upside down. Yeah. And that's the power of the gospel yeah. for the Jew and the yeah. Greek. Man. And, and, and in that culture, bro, there was supremacy. These, these Greek Roman individuals thought they were better than Jews, bro. So when you're telling them about this Jewish man. And the Jews thought they were better than the Gentiles. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, everybody <laughs> thought they were better. Bro, Mexicans yeah. th think they're, like, on top of it, bro. You know what I mean? It's so, same, same story, different time. Bro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, you know, you could ask anybody. Like, you see, you see Puerto Ricans think they're, the, you know, everybody does, bro. But the thing about the gospel is that this message, which they had a different philosophy, different scriptures, this message was preached, and what did the what did the Harry say? Like people believed, and they started gathering. Change, change, ethnic change, diversity change. All that came because of the message and the effects of the message. Not saying like, not conforming to the culture and the message of the culture. Saying yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, we yeah, need yeah, to, yeah. We need to. We need to. Oh, come on, guys. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We need yeah. to talk about. Let's sit down and talk about how. Why do you think you're better than him? Like, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. We're not we're not we're not talking about us, bro. Yeah, yeah. 
You know, we're, 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 the message, the central message is what transforms, not not taking worldly yeah. ideologies. Yeah. And every banner, every sticker that's the thing right now, there's a bigger problem like in the broader church, people that want to take everything in the culture, bro, and be relevant. How, how do we handle that? And what will we say to people like that? Here's the thing, man. Like, either, either, either... Either what is particular to Jesus is sufficient or it's not. It's not like Jesus is like a really like important thing amongst many things. And then, the, and then, you know, we can figure it out. It's, listen, first Corinthians one thirty one says, says Christ is our wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. It's not Christ is our wisdom, but sanctification is something else. Or Christ is our wisdom and sanctification and our redemption is somewhere else. Like he is, he is everything. So either Jesus and his narrative and his attributes and his offices are sufficient or they're not like Christianity doesn't allow us to say it is being about Jesus and blackness. It is about being about Jesus and, you know, Cubanity it is about Jesus <laughs> and Americanity that 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 makes the gospel effective. Amen. That's just not the case. Mm. That's the, I, don't, I don't I don't I don't care how 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 many Bible verses you quote. I don't care how many Marxist secular you know university ideologists that you read in the low and that you kind of like you know come to like some some verses in the Bible and state Jesus is either entirely comprehensively sufficient in Himself to do things to bring us in, to do things to keep us in, and to do do things to finalize and bring us all the way home to glory. Either Jesus himself and the things particular Jesus are sufficient or they're not. It's not being about Jesus Christ and being about what's particular to Latinos having immigration issues will bring God's kingdom to finalize. It's not being about Jesus Christ and, and being particularly uh, effective and, and monumental and transformational when it comes to what happens to George Floyd either before he got, got killed or after he got killed in courts that will make the kingdom of God. Either Jesus Christ in himself particularly is all efficient or it's not. Mm. This is really what it comes down to. And, and it's not that, it's not that, that things about what is particular to us in society are not relevant, they're not pertinent, and they're not something that Christians have involvement in. But we're talking about how is Christianity, how is God's eternal kingdom, how is it solidified, how is it advanced, and how is it secured? That's what we're talking about. Yep. So let me say this. When all the Jews, all the Jews ethnically went from being the majority of the kingdom of God's representatives to being the minority God's kingdom was no less diminished. You know, y'all know what that happened, right? Yeah. Yeah. God's kingdom was mostly being represented 
and understood by those who are particularly ethnically Jews, Jews. for thousands yep. of years. Yep. God chose to speak with those people. And when God chose to make give them over to their hard hardness to become the minority, that's all Romans 11. And to make the Gentiles, those who run this thing, <laughs> God's kingdom was not diminished because things particular to Jews ethnically or socially or even or even covenantally was now effective negatively. Listen, God's kingdom transcended how things went for our particular people. Mm. Mm. Say that. Yeah. That's important. There may be some times in history where Africa, listen, let me tell you something. Africa and the Middle East ran Christianity for a long time. And then it switched to Europe. Yep. Now, if you want to get into like this whole like cultural conversation where who holds the torch? And the percentages is what's most important. You miss the conversation, bro. Jesus always holds the torch no matter who on the ground is picking that thing up. That's right. That's right. Hmm. Hello, somebody. Come on on now. I love being Latino. I love where I'm from. But let me tell you something. The kingdom of God has nothing to do with the priority of my country. Or my color. Mm. Or my tongue. Oh, you're going to be speaking Spanish in heaven. It's still, that's not the point. (laughs) The point is not in heaven what I will be ethnically in heaven. The point of heaven is though I will have an ethnicity, Jesus Christ will be that which trumps and triumphs and solidifies and crowns itself in a massive epicentral kind of sense over everything that's particular to us. So yeah, I will be I will be a second generation Cuban in heaven, but that ain't the point. <laughs> that ain't the point. I'm not going to be saying, isn't it fantastic that I am in the eschaton always going to be a second generation Latino. Hallelujah. Nope. That That's not the point. Yeah. You he missed came, the point. He came to save the world, bro. Like the beauty of the like the whole world, all tongues, all nation, like right. and the beauty of that being turned around and bowing to something greater than even just unity for the sake of unity. Is it mm-hmm. like the reason of heaven isn't just because we're gonna be united? The reason of heaven is because of Christ. Yeah, man. There's there's only one person in heaven, even though there's many people. You know why? Yeah. Because all of us are in Christ and all of us have one outfit. Oh, say, all right, bro. Yes. Yeah, Everyone that. in heaven say has that, one outfit. One outfit. With one head. Okay. Let me say something. Because Christ is sufficient. This Jesus. is piggybacking off of everything that you just Jesus. said. Because he is sufficient. Because his gospel is sufficient. Because he's the one in heaven and we're rowed by him and he's our head. Yo, like there is... There's absolutely nothing that we should be adding to the gospel call, bro. There's no other banner that we should be adjoining to the banner that we fly, which is the banner of Christ. Why? Why? Because at the end of the day, take, for instance, the covenant of grace, bro. Like, 
what God called Abraham because he was a Jew, because he was some certain color, because he was doing certain things, because he was on a certain route in life, because he was doing, I don't know, like, put whatever you want to stick on there. Did he call him because of those things? No. He called him simply because he wanted to call him. I mean, he called a dude that was not a Jew. I he was a Gentile, yeah, he, a pagan, bro. He was a straight a, a, up pagan. Come from a pagan family, worshiping false gods, and God chooses to call him out of His abundant grace, out of His will, out of His counsel, out of His and be and and you know what? And by the power of His Spirit, the same for us. You know what? Abraham was able to answer God's call. And, and that's what's beautiful about the gospel that we preach. That's what's attractive about it, that because God, you know, in Christ Jesus chooses to call broke down haphazard people to himself, like, yo, like that, that and, and beautifies them, makes them lovely in Christ, makes them beautiful in Christ. There's absolutely nothing that we should be adding to this gospel, yo. There's no other banner that we should be flying. There's no, there's no second secondary means that we should be trying to apply to this man the gospel is what we need to be putting out and you know what and at the same time be putting forth in in our in our in our in our context in our relationships with the people that you know that are surrounding us in our church bro like with the with our brothers and our sisters there and with our family at home with the same thing every time bro there's nothing else there's nothing else yo westminster westminster on effectual calling this okay. effectual call is of that God's is. free and special grace alone, not from anything at all foreseen in man, who is altogether passive therein, until being quickened and renewed by the Holy Spirit, he is thereby enabled to answer this call and to embrace the grace offered and conveyed in it. What what, what does this say about us flying some other banner? What's this say about giving into culture? That was written by white men. It was written. It was written by and yet this a man. Is, this is lifting up God, su- God as supreme because nah, He is bro, supreme. But it's echoing what He was like. It was echoing yeah. the 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 fact that God chose not even just Abram, but chose the the Israelite people. Yeah, that chose David. Well, I mean, what does He say to them? That I, I didn't choose Noah. you. I didn't choose you because you were some big nation. You're the mm-hmm. smallest of. People, bro, like you, you, you and nobody's inside of you. You and nobody's that the, the the creator of all things, who spoke all things to existence, and right now sustains all things, chooses to make you a somebody. Mm. Yo, mm. I I'm somebody who you know is is a is a is a minority for different reasons. You know, not not just not just because I'm from a communist country in Latin America, but because also like you know, divorce. Banned by father, all that you know. I have, I have my own. Listen, if you hear me preach because I'm Latino, you're you're blaspheming God. If you hear me preach because I have daddy issues, you're blaspheming God. You should hear me preach because the Lord who loves you and chose you and redeemed you by His grace is that which you're hearing when you hear me preach. Mm. And yes. I happen to be particularly these things. I just, I just want to say that, bro. Listen, I, one thing I said um, to somebody this week 
is I was in the SBC where there was a lot of Latinos. Not a lot. There was more. And Latinos and, and blacks. And I, I always felt out of place, man. You know why? Because for the most part, when I was in those settings, people were talking about themselves. I felt out of place. Because God took me into a home, into a world where I no longer talk mostly about myself and what I do, where I talk mostly about what God had done for me in Christ. So I always felt weird. I was around all these 30-year-old church planners, you know, urban, yeah, you got some tattoos too, man. But I always felt out of place because all you guys seem to regularly talk about yourselves. Mm. And then I went to the GA, the General Assembly. And there was these guys with bow ties (laughs) and haircuts and shoes and saddlebags. And saddlebags. These dudes got bags on their sides. It looked like you put on a horse. (laughs) (laughs) And when we got together and talked, the conversation was no longer about us. I'm home. Miss miss me with all of this lesser camaraderie that is about lesser things, man. Say that, bro. Listen, man. Reformed theology is for everybody because it's about nobody. But Christ. But Christ. (laughs) But Christ. Yeah. I think it's that central message that not only transforms, but going back to what you said earlier, it encourages us, man, to go headlong into what I would call my beloved denomination, man, and and being reformed and being all that. Why? Because we found encouragement in Christ in this, man. And I'm taking this from just just right out of the right out of Philippians too, man. And when you find encouragement in Christ, because the gospel is proclaimed, because the gospel is heralded. You find comfort from the love uh, from God that God has towards you in Christ. You know what I'm saying? And and because you have the participation of the Spirit's powerful, effective application of the gospel to you, like, bro, affections change, your concerns change, your sympathies change. All of that changes. You know what I'm saying? So you you you, you want to be of the same mind. After After all that, is said and done. You want to be of the same mind with your brothers. You want to have the same love running through your veins or running through your mind, running in your heart. You want to be of one accord. Why? Because when when the gospel is proclaimed, when you find out that your justification is the basis for your transformation, and, and that's what's like, like turning us every single day, bro, like the, you, you cannot, you cannot sit there and be about yourself. You cannot sit there and be about your your ethnic background. You cannot sit there and be about your blackness and your whiteness. You cannot sit there and be selfish or ambitious or or, or be conceited about yourself. You can't. Why? Because grace turns you from that, yo. And and when you see brothers like these preaching a message that is this powerful, bro, like you want you want to you you want to embrace them all the more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so in summary, like, you know, for, for us to have a healthy interaction and entering into space where like a lot of people may look different than people like us and talk is we have to emphasize 
what is particular to Jesus as supreme, not what is particular to us particularly. But we want to switch gears for like the last part of this show. And and so how, how do how do we then go back to our context where a lot of people look like us? How do we, yeah. And how do we take this way of seeing God and, and self and reality and how do we like, you know, do it well like around those in our context? Because the reason why I ask that question is like, let me just be re- real, bro. A lot of people that are like, uh, you know, coming into like reform theology, they go back, let me just say it just like not eloquently. They go back to like their context and they're weird. They're strange. And they they, they confuse theology with cultural um, say that. preferences and yep. flushing things out. So, so listen, let me just start this conversation. So we went to a conference where we were we, we were chopping it up, exalting with the supremacy of God and Christ with a lot of Anglo folks with an organ. With an organ. We're not going to do that in Miami, bro. No, sir. We're not going to do that in Miami. We're going to play salsa. We are going to. <laughs> we're going to play salsa. We are going and to. Rock. And rock. <laughs> no, 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 no. And no. reggae. Dave, Dave does, not, does, does, does none of those. Uh, um, you should. <laughs> We are going to go back and we're going to take the contents. We're going to take the categories and the doctrine and the particular local flavor that we exist in will be the place where it's flushed out. Let me say something. Carne is what we need. We need chicken. We need steak. But you cook chicken with curry over there in Jamaica. And you cook chicken with salt and pepper over there and, 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 and some sauce over wait, there wait, wait, in wait, Georgia. Wait, wait, wait. And, 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 and you cook, you, 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 I mean, you know what I'm saying? The Bro, chicken. You, you cook chicken? And you barbecue in Alabama. And yeah, you fuck, bro. Yes, and then you All take right. chicken and you get yeah. tomatillo so, and jalapeno yeah. and you make a sauce. Yes, and you pones yeah, yeah. Chile. Listen, listen. But, but, but when we, when we go back to Miami, when we go back to Miami, okay, where everybody tiene sazón, everybody tiene abuelitas for the most part. Yo, we cooking this gospel stuff in a way that is. Contextually appropriate, bro. Listen, the New Testament, listen, Paul wrote his letters unique to the context that he was in. Peter wrote different. Um, And so, yeah, we're not coming over here and just taking everything and the plate and the seasoning and the way it was served and thinking that's what we bring in the people. Mm. We understand how to take la carne, the things that give us protein and nourishment, and we know how to cook and, and, and serve el plato de la gracia, the covenant of grace, to our people in a way that is palatable to them without compromising the contents. So that, that, that let's, let's just start with that, all right? <laughs> and bunny <sauce. laughs> Bro, that is, that is that is exactly what we do. It has to be contextual, bro. It has to be contextual because we're different people. So one of the biggest arguments that I that I get is when we come into this world, we are like I was talking to you, bro. Like you're like you were saying, like you you think that you have to imitate the culture to be 
accepted. And what we're saying is you don't have to do that because the truth, truth, bro, truth transcends culture. Transcends people group, power structures, transcends all that, bro. Jesus does that. Yo, yo. So if... Yanni, can you do me a favor? Can you sit down and take the mic right now? Men. I, I, I want you to without naming names and just just be vague, tell me how you felt you had to be a reformed theologian and how you realized you could be who you are. The mutt that you are <laughs> in Miami. Just walk us through that. I think I think I think your story is is, is helpful. Yeah. To make a long story short, so yeah, Presbyterianism is definitely something that I would say is still fairly new, but I I remember when I first got into like this whole reformed world, I felt like I had to like radically change my my life. Obviously, I wasn't some like ghetto dude who was like rocking like a lot of change. Well, actually, no, I had grills, but I I just... Check out my grills. Yeah, but like I, I felt like I had to walk, talk... (laughs) <laughs> and and uh, live my life like a Puritan, because that what's that, a Puritan? Uh, that that like a Puritan is someone <laughs> who wakes up at three o'clock in the morning before the sun as it sets dawn and prays to the Lord God <laughs> and prays to the Lord God for forgiveness, not only for him but for his household. <laughs> and he reads the KJV with open arms and open hands and he is sweating like Christ's sweat in John 17 forgive them father for they do not know so I felt, I felt like I, I, I genuinely felt like I had to adopt I felt I felt like honestly I had to oh, be this goodness. be this like I thought that, that that's what like reformed, you know, lifestyle was. I had to I had to be like that in Miami. And uh, I was really struggling with having that and I, I just felt like I, it's like I, I had to look at myself in the mirror and be like, "Dude, take off the powdered wig and like the stockings." Like <laughs> like you're not you're not Jonathan Edwards. You're Yanni Vurchis who lives in Miami with a bunch of Latinos married to a Peruvian woman and it's like, "Yo, God has called me specifically here, not to a place where I need to put a bow tie on and and you know just go go through all these ancient dudes. There's nothing wrong with that, but obviously transitioning with with, with just a lot of people in my life, Aldo being one of the main ones, he showed me that the gospel is is def, is, is speaks to every type of culture, and and it, I could be who I am and and, and in Christ within my 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 local neighborhood and and uh, just be who i am i don't have to i don't have to be like this gimmick person at all i don't have to put up a front i don't need to ascend to a reformed mountain you know christ ha- has come to 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 save people throughout the whole world you know in different yeah, yeah. environments so that that was something that was like uh, uh really illuminating in my life and it's still to this day bro you know but I, I still love the Puritans on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, 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 to summarize what you said, the gospel. I don't. The gospel <laughs> sanctifies who God created you to be, but the gospel doesn't obliterate 
who you were made to be providential creation to be some other cultural person. Yeah. You know, and I think something that people don't realize is that all of us, the question is not, are we cultural in our theology? Okay. Like, like we were listening to one guy in the conference talk and he was making a case for why organs are, you know, are godly, are godly and, 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 and salsa is not. And you know what? Like, we know Reformed theology, and so we can listen to that dude, and we can, you know, okay, like, we can take it for a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Listen, the organ is a cultural thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Hymns are cultural. Listen, this is what people don't understand. When MacArthur, uh, John MacArthur, you know, makes this, like, you know, you know, pietistic statements about how he doesn't appreciate how people, like, take cultural music and put Christian lyrics into it, he doesn't understand that the hymns that he sings were bar tunes of the culture. Yeah, 100%. So don't, don't, don't deify and make sacred a cultural moment because it was a cultural moment. Like, I, I want you to think about how many hymns sound like this. It sounds like guys waving mugs up and down. Like My hope Farewell. is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood. Like, I'm being silly, but it's a bar tomb, and the people of the time took melodies of the culture and they infuse gospel theology to to convey theology to the people okay mm-hmm. now but what's funny is we look back at a cultural moment where theology is infused into a a particular plate and we say this is an objective reality for everyone yep. and like you know no it's not you know it's not and so it's it's it's, it's a very delicate conversation you know you have to be very careful to not make the plate you sell it on the most important thing but you also have to be careful to not make the con the thing you put on the plate something that only has one plate to sell it on you know what i'm saying you can sell you can put it on china you can put it on you know plastic plates just depends so people listen I, i've had people come up to me and, and they say, uh, y- y- you don't, you don't sound like a Presbyterian Aldo when you <laughs> preach. And I'm like, what you mean? I'm not, I'm not preaching the doctrine of grace. I'm not pre- I'm not, I'm not, I'm not distinguishing the covenant of grace from the covenant of works when I preach, you know, like I, I'm not, uh, you know, I, I'm not expositing things from the text. Like I, I'm not understanding things like cover to cover in light of one central Jesus centric narrative. Like, what do you mean? I'm not preaching. Like well, you know, like you kind of like have some words that you say that like, you know, you said, I think I heard you say yo. And you know, like, and I'm like, <laughs> some word in Spanish. Like, so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, so let me get this straight. Well, you, what you're telling me is that I am doing basically what God did in the sense of he wrote some of the Bible in Hebrew and some of the Hebrew scriptures in Proverbs and some of those in historical narrative and some of those things, you know, in, in poetry. And then he wrote some of the Bible in, in Greek and, and, and some of that Greek, he wrote epistles and some of those epistles, he, he picked a, apocalyptic literature. Yeah. So he had a different vocabulary for, for, for conveying objective contents. Right. Amen. So I mean, come on, y'all. Like, like, yeah. wake up. Yeah, so, so, so listen, 
if, if whoever's listening to this, let me say something. Some people are not rejecting Reformed theology. They're, reject, they're, they're rejecting you attaching cultural preferences from another culture and imposing them on someone objectively like it's gospel. They're not rejecting the gospel. They're rejecting all of your cultural humanistic baggage that you sell them like it's objective, like, it, like, it, like it's law, bro. And, and, and you're like, I don't know. And the reason why my church has 20 people for 20 years it's because I'm just so Christ centered they can't have no bro they don't want to and they don't want to lose everything about them as a person because they want to embrace Christ yep that's yep. I mean that, that so like yep. that's that, that's just a real thing yeah. that is really important for us yeah. to just like yeah. when we're mm-hmm. thinking about like going from, 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 from this side to the other side yeah. man like just like you mm-hmm. it was my, one of my biggest struggles and and I thank God, like for 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 Pastor Rudy, because he he kind of showed me that I could be my. He was the first one mm-hmm. that Pastor Rudy from RCLA. He was the first one who showed me I could be myself and be reformed. Yeah, yeah. I I think like, like one thing too, like uh, genuine to who I am, bro. Yeah. The way I talk, the way I speak, and he's like, no, you can't make those connections if you're not yourself. And I and I feel like that's how the purity of the church like remains, not not like adopting this kind of weird lifestyle that's not a normal within your normal context of that. If you know what I mean, like like I feel like sometimes so many people that I I, I see the they're they're thinking of the purity of the church is, is in regards to like you know you you need to live in this kind of fifteen hundred kind of lifestyle yep. way you know and and not what you're in right now not in a Latino community you need to adopt that. That kind of ref- that old English reformed view in order to be pure and walk and all that stuff, you know, and and, and you know that, that that's where I, that's bro. I bought that ticket real quick in the beginning, man, and and I and it's been a process, and and I've definitely returned that back. So, so at the end of every episode, we do this thing called theology for your back pocket, Yanni. Santi, no. close us out. Close us out. <laughs> okay, so bite-sized, what we talked about, close us out, bro. Last words. All right, because I came in here late, but if there's a bite-sized thing that, that we would want you to take home and just devour and keep, you know, through for your week to come, is that, you know, Christ has has called every different type of person, but not to be defined by what they bring, by what, uh, by what, how they were raised in or anything of that nature. We, we are, we have been redefined. We have been rewritten with Christ's beautiful story and his life. And no matter how different we are, we are all united. And that is the one thing that truly defines us. And that is Christ. And, and we could walk f- uh, freely, uh, whether we are you know, Hispanic, Greek, you know, Russian, whatever, white, but we are fully, we are in union and, and all in one and united in Christ. You know, a, a good thing to, to look at just Colossians three. Let me, let me turn to the scriptures real quick. Here my pages flip. Oh, my pages flip right here. Take this home, read it, devour it. Meditate all right. It. Colossians three eleven. Here there is no... Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all and in all. There you go. Just take that. That's yours, man. That's yours. So thank you for thank you for listening to Gospel on Tap for Christ Cultura, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Bruh.